Welcome to the Hacktivist Podcast. Conversations that matter. And welcome to another episode of the Hacktivist Podcast. Uh, as we have been doing this season, we are looking into the lives of uh, some of my friends and fellow activists and trying to hear their stories and see the threads that bind us all together. This will be the final episode in this season. I'm fortunate to be joined by Wadi, friend from Mark. Hi. <laughs> and as usual, my name is Michael. So let's get straight into it. Uh, Wadi, mm-hmm. how's what did you grow up? Did you grow up in Ghana? Um, so I spent I lived in America till I was seven, and then from seven onwards, I lived in Ghana. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've, you've had most of your, let's say, adult life in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Do you still remember your years in, in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. You, you remember school? Mm-hmm. How was that like? How, how was the whole experience growing up in America like? Um, oh, it was, it was fun. Like, okay, I was a child, so you just accept what environment you're in. I think I was I was fine. Um, coming, I think maybe um, like coming to Ghana, I think we're different. But I think I because I came at a young age, I I appreciated both environments. Mm, just adapted. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that's wonderful. And from seven onwards, you were in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, how was family life like? Uh, mother, father, siblings. Yeah, so I lived with my auntie, my uncle, my cousin, my sister, and then my mom joined us after. Okay. And, um, it's, yeah, it's been good. Um, like, my auntie and my uncle, they treat me like a daughter, me and my sister. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's you and your sister? Yeah, and my cousin. And your cousin. Yeah, so okay. like three girls. Ooh, and yeah. so the, the, the house, household is mostly girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girl power to you. Yeah. <laughs> It must have been lovely growing up. Like um, you were, you were, were you the youngest? No, I'm the oldest. Oh, oldest. So, yeah. so everyone was looking up to you then. No, <laughs> no, it's, that's not the hierarchy in my house. Like my sisters, they used to be mean to me. So, so being the oldest versus youngest, it didn't matter. There was no, there was no age thing going on there. Right? No, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. And how how was that household like? Um, how was um, the relationship with your auntie and uncle? It was it was good. It was good. It was mm. good. Like I said, I even like I called them. Um, like if you ask, I call them my mother and my father. So they're like I'm very close to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how was school life like? Especially when you came came to Ghana, because uh, coming to Ghana at seven years old means that you would be you have to enter primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, which primary school was that, and how was that experience like for you? Okay, so I, um, I came. So I remember my last day of school in America was Valentine's Day, and then um, my my other auntie and my mommy they they asked, oh, from Puma, before you go, do you want us to send you a video? Do you want us to do a videotape of you and your friends right before you go to, like, so that you have it to keep it and like keeping your memory so when you go to Ghana and I was like 
no, that would be too embarrassing. Don't come, don't come <laughs> to class with a video camera. And I was, I'm thinking about it now. Like, I don't remember. I only remember a few of them, but I don't remember their names. Like, if if I try and like, I can't connect to them because I hardly know any of them. So I think it was. It, I should. I regretted that. But yeah, our last day was Valentine's Day, and then me and my sister came to Ghana. And then what? What did I think of it? I don't know. For some strange reason. I thought everybody in Ghana would live in glass houses. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. But then, um, I remember when you came out from the plane, I remember the humidity just like slapping you in the face. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think it does that anymore because now, you know, yeah. it's covered like when you come out of the plane. But then, before, that's what happened. And then, um, what, what happened? Um, I think like it wasn't it wasn't hard as because I was young like everything was simple. I'm I, like I remember making friends. I remember um, our teachers like our class was small, so I remember our teacher being really nice. Um, and then I remember my auntie told me this. She told me this later, and I, I think that's when she said it. I was like, oh, I think that's something I would have said. So it's like I was. Um, she said something like. Oh, I remember you when you were little, you said that you were happy to be in Ghana because there's so many black people. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I like, but I think, I think I actually did say that, but... Oh, maybe this will explain. Where, where in the States were you? I lived in South Carolina. Mm. Yeah, that's okay. It was, um, it was like, it's in the South. Mm-hmm. But then I don't, like, because I was young, I didn't even, like, I wasn't thinking about it a lot, but I think... Yeah, was, that kind of experience. It was predominantly white. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. So you were you were glad to see people of the same color. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I I was surprised when she said that. So I was like, oh, okay. But I think I remember feeling that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which school was that that you first got into? Roma Ridge. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so close by. Yeah. Is close. it? Isn't it? Me and my it's my geography is so bad. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Here? It, it's yeah, it's Roman Ridge. It's um, it's fifty minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So you remember um, your teachers being nice to you? Yes. Uh-huh. So throughout the whole primary school, was that your experience? Um, the teachers being nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Hmm, let me. Like I think there were caring teachers. I remember one of my teachers. He used to um, for like. He used to teach us IT and then he also used to teach us um, religious education. And then he used to tell us these story like these Bible stories and then like I remember everybody would just be laughing. Like he make okay, he told the story about um I don't know whether it's Rachel or Isaac or some one of them. They went to the well mm-hmm. and then they saw the younger daughter, I think it was Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then and then I think he was like, Oh, Rachel, will you marry me? And then Rachel was like, over my dead body. And then the whole, <laughs> and then the whole class, we were laughing. Just just because she said that, was, we were like, that was like the funniest punchline in the world. Yeah. And he used to care a lot about us. He was a really good teacher. Mm. Yeah. And then we used to do like art. And then we had, that was the first time we made our email. That was class three. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the equivalent, at least from Roman Ridge, the equivalent, are a bit different. So when I was in America, I was in second grade. But then when I came to Ghana, I was class three. But then, like, I, when I went to university, I also went, I went back to university in America, mm-hmm. and um, we are all around. I was in the same age as my like the people that yeah. I was in the group. So I think 
class two and no, class three and second grade are the same. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that that teacher in particular was very influential in you loving school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, actually maybe because when I was actually maybe because when I was in America, I, I remember um, I used to have homework and I never used to do it. So when I come back, when I went to school, everybody would be handing in their homework and then I didn't do it. I always used to feel embarrassed. But I think I used to I did better. I don't know whether I did better or like things. I think in Ghana, I think in Ghana, the teachers, or at least in my school, they are a bit more caring or more involved. It's like they kind of, not, I wouldn't say that it's your child, but they kind of like, oh, I think that's, I think that's how Ghanaians are in general. They're kind of like, oh, this person, I'm kind of personally responsible for them, yeah. so I'm going to invest a little bit more. Like maybe some, some people think like. It's, yeah, it's a bit more investment. So I think mm. that's maybe what mm. helped me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I think I did I'm, better. I'm, it may not be the general truth, but maybe it is. It is true for Roman race. Yeah. Because it's it's more of um, also a, a good school. Mm, yeah. Yeah, where the class sizes are smaller. Yeah, and, there is. And the teachers have more interaction with the mm -hmm. with the kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. So apart from him. Um, you so you're still junior high in Roman Ridge? No, primary school. Primary school. Uh, oh, oh, for junior high. Oh, so the first half of primary school, mm -hmm. I just I did class three and class four in Roman Ridge. Then after that, I went to GIS. Okay. For class five to form three. To form three. Yeah. Okay. And how was GIS like? Same experience? No, it was different. <laughs> it was different. Yeah. Um. So Roman Ridge, it was, it was stricter. But it was I mean, it wasn't like very very strict. But then compared to GS, like for example, like we had break time, and then they ring the bell for people to go in for a break. And they did that in both schools. But for Roman Ridge, everybody as soon as the bell rings, then everybody will be walking in. But yeah, nobody was walking. In. I was like, oh, what kind of school is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is different. No yeah. one cares about break. No, I mean like when they are ringing the bell to tell people to go inside, mm -hmm. they're like. They'll ring it, but then the students won't go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They'll take their time. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit more loose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think maybe because the, there are bigger, there are more students, bigger mm -hmm. classes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can, you can, you can get lost in the crowd. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, let's let's get some perspective on your your journey. We will get to that. Mm -hmm. But were there any influences in you think in, in your education from primary to junior high mm -hmm. that um, maybe fostered your curiosity or um, your questioning nature that has eventually led you to this point? So, like, okay, let me think about in in primary school. Okay, so. So in primary school and yeah, for primary school, like I was a Christian, my family was a Christian, but was Christian, but I didn't I didn't think so much about it probably because I was just a child and everything. But then when I got to junior secondary school, they used to talk about it a lot, like my friends like talking about Christianity, and then that's when I went like I was I think I was like full in like for me when when I am when I say I do something, so one of the things. 
I don't really like I've had arguments against it, but one of the things I don't really like is labels because if I'm going to put a label that's okay, that's probably that's an example for why like when we're introducing ourselves for the humanism thing, I don't I don't like if I had choice <laughs> I'll just say my name and nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Because if I give myself a label, I want to be hundred percent with it. Mm-hmm. Like I do it hundred percent. So when like I was in um like for junior high I was a Christian like I was going in hundred percent mm-hmm. and then yeah but then the reason why I ch- I don't know if we want to talk about that or not but the reason why I changed or I moved towards atheism is I thought like wh- why did I because yeah, it's, it's because of going 100%, 100%. I think lots of people who are Christians now, mm-hmm. they don't, or they do, they go 100%. Mm-hmm. No, they don't go 100%. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm a person who goes 100%. So, and that, I feel like if you're going 100% Christian, your life is going to be difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think being 100% humanist is like, you, you can have less... Um, wahala. Yes, less wahala. <laughs> less, like, you'll be more, um, yeah, it's more socially acceptable, mm-hmm. you you have more peaceful interactions, but 100% Christian, you have problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so how was senior, senior high school for you, like? Um, I didn't have a good time. Oh? Yeah, oh, it's okay. It's mostly because of relationship issues, oh, but okay. yeah, just like friendships and mm-hmm. just, just becoming... Try, like becoming an adult or a mm-hmm. teenager, but it's something that I'm still dealing with now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't have a good time, and that's that's why I think that's also what fueled my change because so I didn't yeah so I was I was hundred percent Christian, and then like the going the hundred percent it wasn't really working like socially. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was it was okay. But then it wasn't um, it wasn't helping me like like I wasn't I wasn't happy. So there's one thing like you can go into something like wholeheartedly and think like oh like maybe you're going to heaven or something like that. But there's another you can also do it. The the other benefit could be that you want to be happy where you are like in the world on earth. And I think Christianity promises both of those things. It says you're going to be happy in heaven, and also in life you'll be miserable or happy. No, you you'll feel. I think they also say you feel fulfillment. Or am I wrong? Or no, you you'll feel miserable. But I think they also promise that if you have God, you'll feel at peace. Yeah. Or, yes, you feel at peace. But I didn't feel that, so I was like, ah, this is not working. Can we explore the relationship aspect? Because it's 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 yeah. it's one thing that is not much talked about. It's mm-hmm. the difficulties of coming of age. Yeah. Yeah, because most teenagers go through this, and mm-hmm. it's for some some are still recovering. For mm-hmm. some, it takes them a long time to recover. Some never recover, mm-hmm. and we never talk about how relationships from from our teens. 
yeah. can affect us. Now, yeah. recently I read a research where it shows that our peers yeah. have more influence on how we turn out than our parents. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it has become critical mm -hmm. for us to examine those kind of relationships, mm -hmm. especially when you want this coming of age. Mm -hmm. Now, what did you think the problems were? Oh, okay. uh, in particular during that time, during you, your teenage years and you're trying to make friends or you're trying to keep friends. Yeah. What, what do you think the problems were during that time? Okay, so um, in my school, we're learning about, we learned about like the different stages and like, I don't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like, for example, right now in, when you're um, in your 20s, one of them is, uh, what's it? Um, I think intimacy versus isolation, yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, for those theories, they're not like, like, everything, like, they're not, you have to, like, look at the advantages and disadvantages. But I think it's like, it holds, it holds strong, like, at least for me. So, I don't have the answers mm -hmm. to, like, your question, yeah. but because I'm still figuring it out mm -hmm. right now. Um, but, um, uh, okay, so what you said about parents versus um, peers. I think your peers do have, like, at least for me in my life, my peers have had a very strong influence. But your parents also have a very, very, very strong influence. And, like, I've even, like, a lot of this, so I'm on holiday, I've been spending a lot of my holiday. Even, I think your question is really good. <laughs> because, Thank you. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of my holiday, like, like watching YouTube videos about something called like attachment styles mm -hmm. um, so from what I know your your like your caregiver your parents mm -hmm. they have a very very big influence on how you see relationships they have a big foundation and then like because so like you're fully dependent mm -hmm. on your parents so it, when you're fully dependent on somebody and then Okay, like as an adult, you're not fully dependent on anybody. So let's say this, like let's say um, Kofi doesn't meet my needs, so then I can just go to somebody else. Yeah. But then as a child, it's only you're only getting your needs. So, so you can't go to somebody else. So if you if they don't give it, then your your <laughs> your yeah. life is, is yeah yeah affects you. Yeah. So it has a very very big impact on you and how you. Um, interact even with your your primary school secondary school career, I think. and i think it it did have an impact on me um i <laughs> the problem i think for me is just it was more about like validating emotions and more about like like yeah putting priority for emotions mm -hmm. because like right now as i'm an adult i see that's something that people put a lot of priority on and it's kind of like it's caught me by surprise i was like uh that wasn't there before so what's happening <laughs> yeah and yes and then as a teenager or you have to like people also the people i was around they didn't really put priority on emotion so i just i just put it like suppressed yeah it. suppressed it and so now that i need it it's like oh okay but that wasn't there before so it's mm. it's, it's it's confusing but um to work through it. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. I get you. It's a phase. Um, most of us have to go through it. Yeah. It's like we we are not treated as young adults, so we are not equipped with the the tools 
to become adults mm-hmm. and then within a space of like a year mm-hmm. you are told you are adult mm-hmm. and yet you, you you don't have any of the skills to adult properly mm-hmm. and that is a problem in i've seen in most households especially in the in african households where there's this, 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 this um, ongoing joke about your parents who tell you stay away from boys, stay away from boys, stay away from boys, stay away from boys. And then the next day they go like, where's our grandchild, where's our grandchild? Then you are going to ask them, okay, I've been staying away from boys all this while. I don't have, I don't know how to relate to boys. How am I supposed to give you a grandchild? Yeah. You get it? So we, we, we as a community do not have, oh, I'm not giving the next generation the tools to create um, stronger relationships outside the family and because of that it's difficult for uh, most of the young ones or most of us coming up to be able to relate um, with each other or with the opposite sex to keep relationships to keep bonds and all of that and sometimes all the information that we have about relationships are from the people around us which is our family and most of it is toxic so we end up entering adulthood thinking that is all what relationships are supposed to look like and that is also problematic yeah so i get the, where you're coming from and then the phase that you are in but then it's it's important to also recognize that it's just a phase and with a little bit of work you would overcome it beautiful so we'll take a break when we come back we'll, we'll look at life in the university and hopefully we'll have better news of your life in English. Okay. <laughs> this is the Hacktivist Podcast. Welcome back to the Hacktivist Podcast. And we are back. Uh, just before we left, you were, you were telling me about um, life in GIS. But that, that was not where your journey ended before you got to the uni. Um, so where did, where did you go from GIS then? Okay, so the energy I performed three, and then afterwards, I I did. Oh yeah, during from three, me and like quite a number of my friends from GS did an entrance exam for SLS, and then at least in campus, at least like four or five of us went to SLS. Yeah, and then we went there for four years, and then we went to university. So how was SOS like? The SOS basically was like senior high to you. Mm-hmm. And how was it like? Hopefully more fun? Um, so I was really excited to go there. Like, I think it was my friend who told me about it. Like, they were talking about, I mean, the school, the idea was, um, so they had people from um, different countries in Africa. Like, and I thought that was a really cool concept. And then I hadn't been to boarding school before. So I was. I was like, oh, now I get to um, be on my own independent. And then I also know that they like they they had like a lot of academic, like they focused a lot on academics, and that was important to me. And also, okay, so they did IGCSE, you know, so I and I I didn't really know about IB that much, but IB is like it's like a well-rounded it's a it's a yeah well-rounded program where like they emphasize like research. But I think, like, so that I, I had a, like, I was excited to go into the school. I remember even on our orientation, I was like, oh, this is a nice school. Like, they have little chalets, and then, like, when you walk around, it's like, and the people were so friendly, and it was like, um, 
it was it seemed like like a nice community mm-hmm. and I think like I didn't I didn't honestly didn't have a good time because I think I still had like some scars from like I, I was talking about like relationship issues mm-hmm. and then also um, it, it was like it was like underwater but it was a competitive environment because like for example let's say they have like opportunities like let's say to I don't know to let's say like travel on this trip or to have this position or like to go to this conference but then the only select like a, like some of the few people that they that they like admired or thought that was that would fit into the idea of a responsible I mean I mean of a like a responsible person or a person that that they thought um they could sell. Not even sell that they okay that they thought would be responsible or that um okay maybe I don't I don't think it's about it was about selling that they could trust mm-hmm. or that they thought would be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I thought it was kind of it was narrow because like I feel like people like who have different personalities, different like backgrounds, even like maybe different religions, I don't know. Um, they can they can make an impact on their communities in different ways, but I don't think they recognize them. Yeah. So what happened after SOS? So after that I went to university in America. I went to John Hopkins. Ooh, that's a good school. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Um, you want to do your first degree? Then? Yes. Uh, biological science. I did cognitive science. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. That's that's a tough course. Uh, okay. It's not tough. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I didn't even know about. Okay, actually, I was in school doing biology. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. Let me do biology. Then it had the orientation. They're talking about cognitive science. And my one of my friends, she did. She was telling me about cognitive science. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know about this. This sounds like way better than. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like it sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> like you're learning about the mind. Like okay, you learn about um, I forgot the five areas is computer science so like you get to it's like interdisciplinary mm-hmm. so you do computer science philosophy psychology neuroscience and linguistics yeah mm-hmm. those are science and then you use all of those areas to study the mind wow. yeah i know it sounds so interesting mind like, mapping eh? yeah and then yeah so and you take classes from those different areas and you just and you take a concentration in two of them and i, I thought it was my dream major like i even wrote a paper in like a paper for um for one of my professors like I was I was very happy to um, find my major it was very fulfilling. Awesome. I, very few people find fulfilling first degrees, so it's it's good to hear that. Now, what made you decide on um, medicine? <laughs> okay, so I was always pre-med even when so before I was going to. Before I went, yeah, when I was applying to universities, like I had uh, me and like my auntie and my mommy, they were trying to decide whether I should do. I, I knew I was going to do medicine, and so they were trying to decide whether I should do it. I should go to America and do my first degree, and then do like second degree mm-hmm. in America, 
or I should just do it straight in Ghana to pay. So that was like uh, we were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And my auntie was like, oh, from Pama, um, like if you think about it, having more education is never like it's never a detriment to you. So if the reason for you not wanting to go to America is because it will take longer, then I think you should think about that a little bit more because like like it's okay if you're taking longer you're not going anywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, yeah so um so then i ended up going to america and i don't i don't regret it i think i think it's good like if you have the opportunity not everybody has the opportunity but to go to any like not even if you're in ghana then you should go to america or if you're in any country go to another country or explore a little bit because it opens your mind yeah if you have like not everybody has the money but like even, opportunity yeah actually. yeah it's good so i'm happy that i went because i feel like it definitely opened my mind mm. um did you do you think it, it had any studying the mind studying language studying philosophy do you think it had any any play on your path to atheism to atheism um actually i don't think so i think it was more for me it was more of my relationships and more of like my emotions it wasn't really academics that mm-hmm. made me it was more of like What do I like? How how can I get the most from life? It wasn't really a map. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it had a lot so, to do. With okay, life. so it wasn't the answer to the question: How can I get the most from life? I think so. Yeah. That's intriguing. That's very intriguing. So you are not pre-med, or you are not med? Med, yes, I'm not med. Yeah. You're not med, and yeah. how long is that going to take? Um, so I just finished my first year. I'm going to my clinical, so we're actually going to the clinic, and now be three years. Yeah. That'll be three years, mm-hmm. and then you're a doctor. Yes. So you'll be a doctor in four years' time. No, no, no. So I finished the third year, and then, yes, so in all it would have been four years, but I have three more years, so in 2022. In 2022? Yeah. We can start calling you a doctor. I don't know if that that's what's be in my head, but I don't know if all the doctor knowledge will be inside. But hopefully it will be. In. Hopefully I'll I'll feel comfortable. But how are you finding medicine though in Ghana? And I'm going to ask you yes. this in, in relation to some of the conversations that we've been having around humanism and mm-hmm. and medicine in Ghana. Okay. And how are studies going so far? And how the professors like okay. when it comes to lectures and when they are talking about things like evolution, how are they treating okay. those topics? Okay. So, um, so in the beginning, like semester one, or like actually, like in all my classes in school, like I feel like I'm learning something every day. Like I feel like the teaching is like they structure it well, like. The teachers are really good, they, um, like their presentations, like I feel like I'm learning something every day and I think they put a lot of effort, they put a lot of effort into you, okay, at least comparing when I did my first degree, for for them, like they'll give you the material but they also expect you to go home and read. I think every every school expects that, but here they try as much as possible to give you as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So I think they put a lot of effort into that, and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they break things down well. Um, 
I also really appreciate like the the like student environment. I feel like people are very helpful. I feel like people are caring, and I think that's something that okay, at least in America, everybody's for yourself. But here in like Ghana, like when when like when you have like an issue with something, people like people would take their time and explain things to you, and it's like they're not expecting. I think like. For relationships, um, like America is like more of like if you're a friend, it's more of like I give you, I, let's say I give you 10, 10, I don't know, coins, then you give back 10. But here, I think for Ghana, it's more, it's not, it's, people are not taking count. And I think that's very beautiful because it, it requires a lot of trust in the other person. Like, okay, you're, um, you're leaning on me for a little bit and that's okay i'm not frustrated with you and i think that's something that like i really i was surprised and i was really i was like oh this is a very i think this is like a very healthy relationship model because you can't always be like counting like oh somebody gives you five points somebody gives you five points because that's not it's not yeah yeah yeah, and i think it's like uh it's like it helps people to feel more fulfilled like people care about me okay but Like the ethics, like okay. So for my school, you like whenever you have the syllabus at the end, they'll say academic integrity. Like you have to make sure you don't cheat. Here, cheating is just like, <laughs> like I was just okay. For when I was in my primary and secondary schools, it wasn't there. Like for SOS, for SOS, when you cheat, the principal would call you. Okay, like we have this thing called extended essay. So it's like a thesis kind of thing, and then it was like for your IB diploma, you have to do it, or else you wouldn't get your diploma. And then what they would do is, you know, turn it in. There's yeah. like yes. So if they catch you, maybe I don't know. I don't really like know the, uh, the heuristics. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah it's, I think it checks the percentage of what that is original. Yeah. yeah. So people used to say like, oh, turn it in. Like even if you <laughs> you can write to write but if Tennyson catches you, then you're dead. I don't think okay, I don't think Tennyson is like that makes that many mistakes, but let's say like okay. So if Tennyson says that you didn't do like you plagiarized, mm-hmm. then they'll call you up on stage and make like announce your name, say like this person plagiarized, this person plagiarized. This wow. Like the teacher, like I don't blame the students. 
because people cheat everywhere. But then, if cheat, people are cheating, and they are not being caught, or when they are they are caught too, and then the teacher will laugh and say, "Stop! Oh, you just stop, stop! It's not <laughs> like you're like then what's the whole point? Because the whole point like of the punishment, the thing is, people are who like we learned in psychology, like positive reinforcement and punishment. So or reinforcement and punishment. People who are doing the right thing, you give them rewards. People are doing the wrong things, you punish them. If you don't do that, then everything is yeah. This that's how, like is the podcast. The world wouldn't make it. Yeah, and that's how it feels like. It's it's not so I don't blame the students because students everywhere want cheat. Obviously you want to get good grades, so you want actually I feel okay, the students a little bit because you have you have to kind of monitor yourself, you have to have a little integrity. But then the, it's obviously from the teachers like yeah. from um like primary school. So mm-hmm. like ah the like the students let's say you're supposed to hand in your things when the bell rings then the bell will ring and then the then this the teachers will just be like oh hand it in then if the person not handing they're just looking at them and laughing and then like it is it's very demoralizing because it's hard the work is hard <laughs> i don't do that well i'm just like i'm average so like it's it's hard so then when you're seeing people actually it's not nice it's really not nice and it makes yeah, you I mean, I have, I have the same. I, I, I did have the same experience in uni for my first degree. Um, engineering, engineering is extremely hard, and people were cheating to survive. Just, just, and the thing is, even during the cheating, you don't even know whether what you're doing is even correct. So I always have, have this thing where I go in, bang, 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 and get out. So. If I, I, after an hour, if the three hours before enough, hour, I feel like there's nothing more I can give. Mm-hmm. I just raise my hand and leave. Because the, the more I stay there, the more I'll start to think what are my alternatives. Like, maybe this person sitting behind, beside me, uh, probably has the answers. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a problem. Yeah. So, I, and the thing is also that I was, I was a bit above average, so people were always expecting that, oh, I'm the guy that could cheat off. So I'd rather go in, bang, 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 yeah. and then just get out. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The cheating thing it's, it's huge, yeah. right? You 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 see a lot of people finishing school and not so not grasping the materials. You have a lot of again, this is a medical school. You have a lot of doctors who come out and are really not that good, and it's all because of all this cheating and people just trying to get ahead and then hoping they'll figure out, they'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. You're also right, it's 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 the educational uh, facilities, the schools themselves, mm-hmm. they could be putting in better measures. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Ashesi has an honor code. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I mean, we could adopt that yeah. uh, because honor code, everybody is there, it's a police officer, so you don't even need invigilators. Yeah. Your own mates will not let you cheat off them and if you try, they'll report you. Yeah. And that maybe that's the kind of um, system that we need to encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, a, anyway, so uh, what about um, sensitive topics like evolution? Uh, have you have you treated stuff like that yet? Um, okay, so can we talk about? That? Or do you have um, yeah. ultra religious professors who yeah. try? And... So okay, not exactly about evolution, but yes, it does. Our professors are religious and. It does, yeah, it does make me, like, okay, just, okay, one thing to address 
for what you said about the cheating. It's not like okay from I don't want to give the impression like oh I think I think my like my classmates they're like very smart like they're very academically strong and everything but it's not even just because it's not like I think that the cheating will make them like I think even without the cheating they will still do well. But it's, it's the cheating that is because of honesty. Like honesty is important. It's more yeah. about the honesty and yeah. like like then the you know, the system is rotting and those yeah. things. So it's not necessarily about their academic strength. I think they are very capable of that. Also for the the teachers, yes. Um, it doesn't happen like all the time, like because you're not always talking about religion, but yeah, a lot of the time it does come up. And then like maybe I'll ask them a question and then they'll bring it, they'll try, they'll answer it, then they'll bring it back to religion. I'll, I'll be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, like, um, like they'll give a scientific explanation, then they'll go down to religion. I was like, uh, okay, I was happy with the explanation before, and then you just spoiled it. So like, why did you spoil it? Yeah. So it can be disappointing because okay, like one of the things that I liked about. Can, can you give me an example of, of that, like a, okay. a question that a, a question that uh, they can answer with a really like yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, okay. I've been a lot. My auntie she told me <laughs> to write all these things in a book because <laughs> <laughs> like I have a story, like uh, like like a lot of stories. Like we're learning about, aha, uh-huh, yes, this was one that bothered me. Like we're learning about, uh, uh, we had a class in, uh, what was that? Like reproduction and uh-huh, embryology, like mm-hmm. learning how babies are formed and things. And then we're talking about like, like fusion of egg and sperm and those things. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about copulation. And our teacher will be like, Oh, men can't be raped, and think like that's one. Of, that's one of the things that he said. And I was like, Ah, why are you telling us this? We are going to be doctors. We are the people that people when they have issues, like let's say I don't know if they are raped or something, yeah. and and then you come and tell us this, then we can't like we won't, we won't have the capacity to help them because we are saying things like men can't be like you are the we are the number one people who are they are coming to. Mm-hmm. We are the num- and then you're they're giving us false information like that. And then, did you want to stand up to him when he said that? Because I know it's definitely a him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Oh no, it's not only that. It's it's both. Um. But did anybody stand up to him? Like. Do you, it's like. Do you have that kind of relationship with your professors where you can challenge them? I think I can, but then. It's not only with them, it's with any professor. Yeah. Like, when somebody's teaching you, you can only go to a certain place, then it becomes it charged. It becomes yeah, it comes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I knew this was his stance, so I just let it go. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, but I talked to my friends about it afterwards. Like, I, some of them, like, support. Like, and it, it, it was something that means that. And then also, uh-huh, okay, now more things are coming to my head. Okay, so we had. I'm not going to see the class because, mm-hmm. but then we're we're talking about like um, 
It was more of a not not like a hard science class. It's more of you know because in medicine you don't just take hard science. You also take classes about like, society, mm-hmm. about like psychology and stuff. And then we're talking about uh, we're talking about they're talking about cultures and then countercultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we said they were talking about like how being gay is a counterculture because it's not like it doesn't have the norms of the main society. And then showed us a video of, I think, a trans man. And he was showing it to us, and then he was showing it to us for people to laugh. Wow. Yes, he was showing it. And then, like, okay, maybe it's another course or something. But we are going to be doctors. Like, in America, mm-hmm. they emphasize diversity. They emphasize being sensitive to diversity. And they know because you have a lot of power. Yeah, as a doctor. Yes, you have a lot of power. So it's a very it's a very big part of the application process. If you don't have that, then bye-bye. You're not mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. But then, so, so then when you see something like this, it makes you very sad. Mm-hmm. It makes you really, really sad because like, then it means that people don't have anywhere to go to. Mm-hmm. It makes you so sad. Like at least it made me sad. Like I'm not like I'm not perf- I don't have perfect morals. I know in the past I used to like say things that weren't like yeah, like uh, or empathetic to other people. But then at least now I've like read and then like a little bit. Cause my thinking is I don't know why this is it that they don't go on the internet. Even some of my classmates those the same things. I'm like ah you don't have internet. You don't have to <laughs> like I, I'm not I don't think I'm I don't think I'm more like perfectly morally upright. I don't think so. But then. At least something is like you're closing your eyes. you've closed your eyes, so it makes me a little sad. Yeah. And frustrated because we yeah. are in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it does. Let's talk more about your your journey to humanism. Mm-hmm. Right. What was it that first drew or drew towards uh, either the humanization of Ghana or to the ideas of humanism? Okay. So, um, yes. Yeah, so I finished university and then I was coming my first degree and then I was coming back to Ghana and I was like trying to see like what kind of like things I could do when I come back like because like just to occupy my time and then I I think I saw you get okay so I went before I came I didn't used to call myself I didn't used to call myself an atheist I just, like I told you I don't I try not to use labels yeah but then I like I definitely was there Christian but then I saw, I think I saw you guys on the internet, and I was like, on Facebook, I was like, oh, you guys look cool, like, let me try and go see one of your videos, I don't know anybody there, and then I think, I also saw you guys, like, you put your wedding on Facebook, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cute, you guys, <laughs> I saw, like, you guys were, like, you were both in the club, and then you were both me, so I was like, oh, that's so, that's so nice, that's like, that's like the perfect love story, <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to meet you guys. And then, um, yeah, then I came from my first meeting. Mm-hmm. And the journey began. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how has that journey been so far? Oh, I really... Do you, do you see like, um, like a before and after uh, in, your trains, in your trains of thought in how you identify? And do you, have you settled on a, on a label you're comfortable with now? Okay, so I think right now I'm comfortable with ETS. Um so the before and after, um, I think that one is just it's just been more like 
internal I don't maybe it's been external too but it's been more internal like um, so at least from, going from high school and university my my like attitude towards like a lot of social interactions has been like I don't care what people think so <laughs> that's that's been so I think that's that's what part of what like made me go from Christianity to towards atheism and then um so maybe i was i would say like i was agnostic so maybe i say i was first i think i was christian then i would just say yeah maybe i then i'll say i was agnostic then i went from agnosticism to atheism and then maybe that going from agnosticism to atheism happened more after like i finished university and what I don't know, it's just more of been I think more of me just going towards I don't care what people think. But then um, what the like group has provided for me. Like it's provi- like it's provided like friendships and like community. That's what it has mainly provided for me. And like something to look forward to every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like cool people that I know is like a lot of validation. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it has given to me. Maybe not, maybe not pushing me more towards atheism, but more of validation for where I currently am. Mm. Yeah. And what do you what do you think the future holds for your journey? Do you see you see humanism in your path? Do you see activism in your path? So, do you remember like when you were putting like do you remember? When you put up those posts about World Humanist Day, yeah, yeah, and I was talking about that thing about like how, okay, like you put up like the quotes. I, I thought your post was really, really good, but then yeah, you're talking about those quotes about um, like how humans, like I think one of the things about humanism is about like how humans are inherently good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like one of my friends brought that up. To like he, he he's like when I put the thing on my WhatsApp status and he was like, Oh, is, is that really what it is? And then maybe I had I like <laughs> that's why okay, that was part of the reason so I think that's part of the reason that I don't like labels. It's not this it's not saying that labels are bad. I think that having labels start conversation. So mm-hmm. have me having the humanist label started the conversation of what does humanism because I I didn't really adopt mm-hmm. the label, but then when you put it up, I was like, oh, I need to promote myself, so let me just put it up on the WhatsApp um, status. But then he was like, uh, is that what it means? And I was like, oh, did I make a mistake? Because like I don't when he what he's saying is like, oh, I what the question he brought up to me was like, are humans inherently good? And I I don't agree with that, and I think that's one of the things that humanism says. Or am I wrong? What what humanism tries to say is to come from an optimistic um, perspective, because we can say humans are bad, yeah. but then that that will inform on how we create laws and society, yeah. and that will be, that will lead to an oppressive society. Mm-hmm. But then statistics also shows that yeah. majority of us are inherently good. If you look at criminal statistics, if you look at incarceration statistics, if you look at um, socioeconomic statistics, um, 
it's only a few there's always a few percentages which are actually doing the, the evil or the worst of the worst yeah. most of us are just trying to survive yeah. so the idea is that we should come from that position that if we give everybody the opportunity there's a higher likelihood that they would want to do the right thing that, that, that forces conversation rather than humans are inherently bad, which forces an adversarial, yeah. um, which is an adversarial position yeah. to come from. Yeah. yeah. So the the idea that humans are inherently good yeah. is an angle you come from in order to be more optimistic yeah. and then also to have a less adversarial approach okay. to solving the, the problems that the human condition brings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay. So I definitely don't think that human, like humans, can only be good with God. Like, yes. Yes. But then, okay. I think what my friend was talking about, like, if maybe if you leave somebody alone, and then you don't teach them how to be good, they'll be good. I think that's what that's what he got from what I was saying. And I don't I don't think that I agreed with him. That's not true. But I think you have to teach each other to be good as to whether that teaching is i think maybe that's what humanity is saying that that teaching that the person has taught mm-hmm. the from the teacher is mm-hmm. the goodness of human beings onto other human beings mm-hmm. um i mean yeah the, the conversation around um altruism in nature for instance will lead us to to think that social creatures when even when not taught in the, in the sense of the of, of what humans think teaching yeah. is, will still show altruism. Will still not want to be in, a, in an adversarial position mm. because we are social creatures. We yeah. want to be belong. We want to love. Yeah. We want to be loved. Yeah. So even when we are not directly taught that oh this is right and wrong, right, yeah. we see the the repercussions of those actions, yeah. and that also informs us and it gives us a feedback on whether what we are doing is right or wrong so even as a child right you you want to keep hitting people but you hit them and then they either hit you back or they start crying and that's a feedback loop you are not being taught that hey do not hit but that feedback loop uh, tells you this these are the consequences of my actions and if you do that and people move away from you you also realize that these are the consequences of my actions. Mm-hmm. So you learn. Yeah. And we see that in primates, we see that in, in some other social creatures that um, for social cohesion purposes, yeah. a majority of the of the animals, the creatures in that social group will be good. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that there will be all this social cohesion. And that's where the inherency comes in that okay, even if you don't you don't take teach classes in ethics, yeah. right? Yeah. The majority of people just want to survive mm-hmm. and part of that survival in among social creatures mm-hmm. rests on you being not selfish yeah. and altruistic sometimes. Yeah. You get it. And the funny thing is that even this if the you want to play podcast. the selfish game, mm-hmm. right? Game theory will let you understand that in the long run. For short-term gains, yes, fair enough. And that's what we see in the world around us. A lot of the selfishness is for short-term gains. But in the long term, it creates um, social um, discoercion and then 
it also becomes problematic because you end up having um, a lot of inequality, you end up having a lot of uh, unhappy people, like an, an unhappy majority. And if we don't take it, there will be a revolution. And then what happens to you who were selfish from the beginning? You end up losing everything. Oh, right? okay, okay. Yeah. So that's where the inherency is. Okay. is that we inherently gravitate towards towards goodness. Okay. Because goodness in itself is healthy for us and it's healthy for our progeny. Okay. Yeah. So that's where that idea comes from. Okay. So okay, I agree with you and I disagree with you. So we we inherently I think we inherently gravitate towards altruism. Like because like it makes us survive more. Yeah, it's selfish. Yes. Yes. But then not more towards goodness because Goodness yes. is, 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 is a relative term. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, but then for some of us, the way we define, like the, the same way when we're talking about what is moral, what is immoral, mm-hmm. it's about self, right? It's about health, wealth. So, how does it affect my, my health? How does it affect my wealth? Wait, that's moral. Yeah, even okay. when we are talking about moral, moral, okay. moral stuff, okay. it always boils down to self. Uh, How does it affect myself? How does it affect my world? And when you think about it in, in those terms, right, you would, if you are being honest with yourself, right, you either gravitate towards right, the left, which is liberal ideologies, that, oh, because I do not want my health or world to be affected. I will also want this person's health or world to be affected because our positions can be switched. Yeah. Or you gravitate towards the right and say, look, control is important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it all plays out. But then the humanist, um, the humanist stance or the humanist angle mm-hmm. is always optimistic. Okay. So it, is, it takes too much um, strength to be pessimistic. Mm. Okay. Okay, I don't know if, uh, okay, being optimistic, so you're saying that morality is more about like, what's the best for the individual, yes, eventually it's, it boils more, down to it, it, it boils down to the individual more than, more than anything else. I mean, there are um, moral arguments that want to consider the... The rights of many versus the lives of many versus the, the lives of few, right? But then we we we, we look at it like um, uh, there are there's many thought experiments. I think my favorite one is the train track experiment. Have you heard of that one? So you, it always boils down to would if you were on that track and you were that single individual, would you want your life to be sacrificed? Wait, what? Wait, one is. We, the, okay, the one that I know is maybe five people on w- one mm-hmm. sla- one track, and then the other one is one person that you know. Mm-hmm. Or, right? So it um, starts with um, five persons you don't know, yeah. and then no, you don't know any of them. Yeah. Five persons and then one person. Yeah. The train is going to hit five people. Yeah. Would you change the tracks for it to hit only one person, and then instead of five? Yeah. Now, so that's the first scenario. Um, the second scenario is, what if you knew 
in New York, like if you knew somebody in the five, would that affect your decision? If you knew, if you knew that one person, would that affect your decision? What if you hated that one person? Would that also affect your decision? And then yeah, also, what if you were that one person? Oh, would you? Okay. Oh. Now that's my 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 question. If you were that one person, would you want? Would you want um, somebody to switch the track so that you die and save five people? And you're saying that, okay, that's another approach to morality. Yeah, so okay. the, you, the, the, those are the kind of questions we have to ask ourselves. And then um, hopefully we come to the conclusion that um, um, most moral theor- theorists mm-hmm. um, come to, that the individual um, should, the individuality should be respected no matter what. Otherwise, if um, you are healthy and then you have, like, you're a doctor, and you have a patient who comes to you, you have one healthy patient and you have five dying patients, and you can harvest the organs of that one healthy patient to save the five. Would you do it? Would, uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so those are the kind of questions that... <laughs> and then again, you have, you're a doctor in training, so would you do that? If you have... Uh, if I, I come to you, I'm O positive, I have very strong organs, yeah. and I come to you, yeah. and I'm like, there are five people, yeah. and there are five people yeah. uh, who need a liver, need a kid, need kidney, yeah. need heart, yeah. need this, yeah. and I, and f- first of all, I come, you, you see me, and then you need to save these five people. Uh-huh. Would you kill me to save them? How about my organs to save them? Now, what if I volunteer? You knowing I'm going to die if you do that. Okay, I'm not ethical, but no, <laughs> so I those are difficult questions that we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. And this afternoon I was telling um what was that? I was I was speaking to somebody about yeah. um the ethics of of, of veganism for instance, mm-hmm. about if the whole idea of veganism rests on the idea of consent. Mm-hmm. What if the we give animals voice and they consent, mm-hmm. would we would we still eat them, knowing that it will cause the death of a, of a sentient being? And those are the, the, the questions that humanism wants to play around with. Yeah. But then in all of this, we want to respect individuality and at the same time, want to, um, yeah, we, want to, we want to respect individual rights and at the same time, we want to protect the, the future of, of the population. Yeah. So we have to think about all of those things. Yeah. Mm. This has been a very interesting conversation. Oh, very, very your questions were really good. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. So, um, to our listeners, uh, this is our final episode for this season. Uh, next season, we will be um, exploring other aspects of humanism and other aspects of activism. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I have been here with Frimpoma Wadi. This has been the Hacktivist Podcast. As always, think for yourself and care for others.